1: This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer DuPlessis. Well hi everybody and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host Jen Duplessis, where we focus on helping you grow your business to heights you never thought were possible. And I'm really excited today to introduce Eric Louvier who is known nationally as the million dollar marketer and so that's real important to us because one of the things that we all want to do for those that are listening is we want to have that magic million dollar figure in our world whether if it's our gross or a net income or a net worth we want to have that million dollar figure in our world so welcome Eric we're happy to have you on our show
0: great it's great to be here Jen
1: Thank you. Thanks for coming. So let me just give you a little bit of background on Eric. Eric's background is in offline marketing, advertising, and sales. And um, he's generated lots and lots of businesses that have reached that million-dollar mark. And um, more importantly, what he does is he consults people about getting more leads and customers through advertising and marketing strategies. And this has really become his specialty, so I can't wait to speak with him about that. He has several other online ventures as well. And um, he's done internet marketing since 2004 and has generated millions of dollars online. And so I know that he's going to be able to help us here today and especially, you know, us as uh, mortgage professionals uh Online marketing is a little is something that we, we think we know, we want to try to do. We, gosh, we sound like a lot like our loan officer, I mean, our real estate agents that we work with, but it's something that we want to do, but we just don't know how to go about doing it the right way. So Eric's going to shed some light on that um, for us today. So Eric, I want to get started with um, the first question is that I know that you're an expert in business mindset. So could you elaborate on what exactly does that mean for us?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, even before I got into internet marketing, which you said was 2004, before that I was in advertising. It was mostly offline. So I had an advertising agency and we were in College Station, Texas, where Texas A&M University is. We were in outside of Houston, the Woodlands and Conroe. And so we had tons and tons of uh, small business clients. And even also, I had a corporate job downtown Houston where, you know, as was a $40 million company and everyone that we serviced were uh, small business customers. And this was all offline advertising, newspapers, magazines, weeklies, radio, television, billboards. So I have a lot of experience and most of my adult life has been in advertising and marketing and working with small businesses. Um, I just found, you know, figured out early on that there was a stark difference between, you know, on one hand, I'd have this this client who was just crushing it and growing their business and scaling up and you know working on their business and, and and just doing a really good job of generating as much profit as they could without killing themselves working crazy hours but on the other hand I'd have a small business client who was just really struggling and it, it was real difficult for for that client to to you know get out of this stressful grind and and I figured out pretty quickly that it's a mindset thing so as the years ticked by, I got more and more into learning the business mindset for my own business, and that helped me grow as an individual, but also as a business owner, and then helped my businesses flourish. And Then when I got into internet marketing, I started getting a lot of clients who, most of them wanted to learn how to make money online. You know, they came from all around the world, you know, different walks of life, and I would consult them um, and, and share with them how to grow their business, and a lot of them came from day jobs. So I realized pretty quickly that they had mindset stuff. So when we could talk about business mindset for an entire week, it's such a big topic. But one of the big ones that I found with small business owners is is kind of like a self-belief type of thing. So they have a mechanism going on where, you know, like, like, for example, for me, like, if you look at me, I, I came from, like, I say, the wrong side of the tracks, and I was mostly poor growing up. You know, we moved around all over the place, went to like 15 different schools. And, you know, it was was really difficult in in that regard financially. And so I wanted to be successful when I grew up and I learned that I had to change myself. So even to this day where, you know, I'll I'll regularly have $100,000 net months of income, I still will have little habits as far as, you know, seeing lack as far as money. Or maybe, you know, I I will use every little ounce of toothpaste in my toothpaste (laughs) container because this is like, it's just all these little things I notice. I, I might haggle over ten dollars. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like so. There's all these like habits in my operating system as a, just an individual. So for businesses, I see it a lot in their own self belief as far as what their value is to their customers or clients, or what For I'll give you a quick example. Like I have a client who is a is a nutritionist and a healer, and this lady was charging eighty dollars an hour. And so, and her average customer would, would book like three hours. So she was only making a few hundred dollars per customer. And so when I looked at this, I said, well, you're really doing a lot of good for these people. And she was like, oh yeah, my clients love me. But after, you know, a few sessions, they're, they're good. You know, they don't, they don't really need me anymore. I'm like, well, that's worth a lot more than $300, you know, that's like worth five, 10, 15. I mean, how much you can't put a price tag on someone's health or you know, conquering some disease or something. So how about we charge five grand? And she says, Oh, my clients will never pay my my prospects will never pay five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, they will <laughs> and she's like, No, they won't. I'm like, they will. And so after we you know, this happens all the time, we go back and forth and I'm like, let's just try it. Okay, and, and here's the offer and all that and then all of a sudden they get a five thousand dollar client and they're never the same again. So that's what I mean by self belief and a lot of small businesses run into that because we operate in this box, either a box we were taught, like in school or university or getting our certification. Here's the box that you need to operate in. And this is the amount of money you should be able to make. This is how much you should charge each client. And and it's not true. There's outside that box is a lot more money. And, you know, a lot of people in small business become a commodity. So they're battling on price or rates and things like that. And there's, there's outside the box would be, look at what you're actually doing for somebody. So like in the mortgage lending business, well, what, what are you actually helping somebody do? Well, you're helping them get a house, right? Their home. What is that worth to a family? It isn't worth a lot. You know, it's a life-changing thing. So haggling over rates and stuff like that, there's a better way of going about that where you can maximize the amount of money that you make. You can pick your ideal clients to work with because we all have headache clients we really don't want to deal with, but we accept them because of cash. So all, all that's kind of a mindset thing, and I think it's a, I think it's a self-belief thing that, that people keep running into this, this barrier where they've, they've been conditioned to, to think this, this way. So each person has a thermostat, and what I like to do is try to help people bust through that thermostat so they're, they're, they're experiencing uh, outside that realm, you know, outside that, that box they've been living in.
1: Yeah that's awesome. Yeah I call it I call it the inside job. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, looking forward, it's it's an inside job to change, you know, your your thoughts and your patterns and things, and they come from your childhood, really. Everything stems from your childhood, and so regardless of what money you make, you still have some of those habits and things, and um, and so I think I think that's really good. Well, let's so let's dive just a little bit deeper on on the thoughts around the box and the commodity. That's something that in our industry um, is huge. We are a commodity, and being able to um, as I call it, be a purple cow, you know, differentiate yourself in the market so that you can establish some value there. Um, what are some, what are some tips that, you know, as an outsider of our industry that you could suggest for someone to, um, not get involved in the rate shopping game and, and, you know, to elevate themselves into, um, really just providing high value and getting paid for what they're worth.
0: Absolutely. Well, So I'm going to make some assumptions as I kind of go off here because I I don't know the industry well, but I know small business. And, you know, here's one of the things that that I'll say is in most of the industries that I've dealt with, people who have clients who are affluent tend to make a lot more money and have a lot less headaches and work a lot less time. So, for example, if someone were to pay me $50,000 to consult them, they 're actually a lot easier to deal with than someone who paid me a thousand dollars. They oh, really? are more likely to you know be an upsell opportunity or a cross sell opportunity to pass them on to some something where I get a cut you know as a referral um, they're more likely to be a long term client and and they're going to require less of my time they 're going to be uh, less of a headache now with everything I say the the 80 20 rule kicks in you know which is more like the ninety five, five rule here, which means like, you know, if you're targeting affluent clients, I already know what people are thinking. They're thinking, Oh, I've had some affluent clients that really are pains. It's, it's the 80, 20 rule. So 20% of them, you know, no matter what you do are going to be pains, but, but 80% of them are not. And if you think about it, I would bet most of the affluent clients that you guys have had, um, are not pains. They're actually the opposite, but then 10 to 20% are. And, and, and so with the affluent clients, for example, in an advertising situation, because I'm a big advertiser, is we could target affluent clients, like say mortgage lenders, and let's say in you know I'm in Austin, Texas. Let's say mortgage lenders in Austin, Texas, which is booming, by the way, it's a great place for uh, yeah, lending. Absolutely. But the <laughs> so, um, mortgage lenders in Austin, what what we could do is we can geo-target an area. So I live outside of uh, Austin, and Lakeway, Texas, which is on Lake Travis, really beautiful, affluent area. I could target this area only the, the zip codes that are affluent um, zip codes in this area. And then I could, I could target them. I could stick an ad in front of them, but I can drill down even more. And I can only target people that say, have an American express card. So there's all these demograph- demographics for people who are affluent. So as a mortgage lender, if I decide that I want to specialize in affluent clients, then I'm likely going to have, you know, bigger houses. Like, where I live, you know, a million-dollar house is, is kind of a, a decent-sized house, right? Anything above, you know, $1.2 million is considered to be super luxury around here. Um, and that's Austin, which is one of the most expensive areas in Texas. But I would assume that mortgage lenders would want, you know, those houses because they'd make more money uh, because they're bigger loans, right, right. I, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so, that, so, that, so one, of the, one of the things I would do is, is target affluent clients. Now, when you get affluent prospects... In front of you, you got to raise your own game, and this is what I was talking about earlier with mindset: is raise your own self-belief, raise your own level to be on the level with them. Which means your reputation will precede you. So you start to build this reputation as being someone who focuses or specializes in uh, you know super jumbo loans or or whatever it is that, that you guys are looking to do there with affluent clients. And then all the marketing, advertising, the positioning is extremely important. Everything is geared towards that affluent client. Like for me, if I'm looking to buy a new house and I see that there's a mortgage lender who specializes in super jumbo loans, who specializes in helping people like me who own businesses, you know, we have the whole tax return situation that comes into play because, you know, I'm always going to try to pay as little taxes as I can, you know, but at the same time, you know, I need my, my income needs to be high enough to qualify. And there's that whole game that, that, that we've played. Right. So, I'm looking for someone who understands me. The same thing that goes with the financial planners. I don't want a you know, a little cracker jack accountant that I find in some plaza that's, you know or some right, Walmart where, to do my taxes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I want someone who's gonna shave off some taxes, and know what they're doing and, and are used to handling people like me. So the same thing happens with uh, mortgage lending and, and so this is a great example of what one can do to, to raise their self belief you know, raise that thermostat I was talking about and you talked about the inner game. Get all get all that leveled up and then start being that person that the, the people the affluent people would like to pay. And then your reputation precedes you. When those people get in front of your desk or you're talking to them on the phone or whatnot, they're not really worried that much about the rates and you're not a commodity anymore. You're you're a specialist that understands them. You are them. The market mirrors you. So so if you decide I'm going to be, I'm going to specialize in affluent clients. And that means if someone comes along and they want to buy a $80,000 house, you're like, uh-uh, you know, that's not what I specialize in. And what that does is it changes your own psyche. So you're actually repelling the people you don't want, focusing <laughs> on the people you really do want yeah. and your whole life changes. And a lot of times just that alone, that whole positioning mind shift um, can double a uh, uh, revenue for a business.
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's really important. Um, I mean, I tend to talk in in comparisons, you know, that inside job and, um, you know, the the question becomes, is this person going to complement or complicate your your goals and and what you've set out to do? You know, and so in in this example here, the $80,000 person is going to complicate your brand. And it's going to mm-hmm. complicate um you know the types of loans that you're going to do, and I think you know to further express on that you know with the financial planners and and everyone listening to the call know, or to the podcast knows that I focus on financial advisors you know they the reason why I like doing that is that the clients that come from financial advisors are about the advice and not about the price
0: Mm-hmm. exactly and, yep
1: you know, and that does up level you tremendously um and you know, and I think in this, you know, raising your self belief, it's a difference. Um, and like you were saying about upping your game, is it's really important for us to be students of our our trade or, or experts in our trade. You know, being that PhD, um, you've got to have that literary little literary. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> to have the fiscal uh, literacy and being able to talk the talk and not be someone who, um, like you're saying before, is you know, as a loan officer that sits in a kiosk at a, at a uh, Mall and says that, you know, they work with affluent people. So I think that's, that's really key on the mindset. So let's, let's move on. thank you for sharing all that. That's, you know, super important. And I do think that mindset, you know, as we go deeper in that, and I'm sure we could spend more time on it, um, you know, it really is a self-belief. Um, but getting high ticket clients, what what would be some steps? So let's say we you know we've we've uh you know internalized this, we're we got our self-belief there, um, you know, we're saying, okay, I'm worth it, I, I've upped my game, I know my I know my guidelines, I know everything about jumbo loans or more affluent, you know, types of clients and how they operate and function. What would be the next step to sort of get that brand out there? Um so that I'm actually walking the walk without having done any loans in that arena?
0: Well, I mean, first, the first thing, and, and this might sound a little, a little hokey or whatever, but it, it, I've done this, you know, for many, many years. So I, I know it sounds hokey, but it actually is true. So here, here's one of the first things is as soon as I have a client that decides that they're going to like, for example, let's say the mortgage lenders decides that they're going to start targeting you know, super jumbo loans or more affluent clients so, that, so they can make more money doing that. that. Just the sheer act of deciding with 100% commitment that that's what you're going to do, all of a sudden you'll start attracting those people. It's the weirdest thing. I'm not saying law of attraction or anything like that. I'm just saying that psychologically, once you decide to do that, then, you know, you start mentioning it in your phrase of speech you start, everything starts kind of changing. Your emails change, your advertising change, everything starts to change because you made that commitment and now your mind shifted and is focused on bringing in, you know, the high ticket clients, the affluent people with the higher, higher loans and the higher rates. And then you, you'll start to get it. You'll start to see it, you know, seek and you shall find. So that's one of the, that's one of the first things that happens is just making a really huge commitment that that's what you're going to do. Like what's what one person is going to do. And then the next step from there is, you know, kind of situating your whole business to appeal to those people. So again, like, you know, changing maybe your logo, changing your tagline, changing your, your look. If you have a business card that's, you know, you wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt, let's, let's make you look, put on the the money getting costume, you know, look like the the part, you know, look the part. Um, So start changing everything about you the website you know um everything should appeal to the to the rich okay so then you're appealing to them because we are attracted because I, I i am your clients right i, I would right. be that person you're, you're looking to get so i'm attracted to certain things you know like i just got a new mercedes now i'm like checking out other mercedes cause it's the first time i've had a mercedes we've always had lexus and so now my wife wants a mercedes and we're like checking them out everywhere right and So there's certain things and symbols that will appeal to me because, you know, I'm all about success and wealth and finances and all of that. So all those symbols, you know, yachts and we go to the Cayman Islands for a month every year, all that stuff really appeals to me. Right. So same with the other people that are affluent, those symbols and all that's going to appeal to them. So tap into that and position yourself properly. So that, so get everything set up to where you look the part is what I'm saying. And then be that part. And then the the next step would be what I call lead flow. So, um, what I advise clients is like, don't spend the whole dollar. So what that means is when you do get a high price client and you make extra money. So like, with my clients, you know, I teach them, let's say they're used to making $10,000 a month of income. And then all of a sudden, you know, this month they make $25,000. So they made a lot more money than they're used to making we so got excess cash on hand. Don't go spend all that money. Let's take some of that and invest it in advertising. You're you're, in, you're on house money now anyway, so let's take some of that money, you know, maybe five grand of it or whatever, and let's put it into advertising so we can keep the the flow, the lead flow, mm. coming in consistently. So if a mortgage a mortgage a loan officer is used to, let's say, you know, five leads a week, then if we take a good month like that, we take some of the money and we put it into a strategic advertising campaign, then all of a sudden, instead of getting five leads a week, they're getting 50 leads a week and they're all affluent. That's going to naturally change a business income. Plus the person, the, the loan officer is going to feel like, you know, a million bucks. They're gonna, their confidence is naturally going to skyrocket. Their self-belief is going to go through the roof. They're going to be much more picky on who they bring on as clients. They're going to quote their rates with confidence and certainty because it's like, if this is my rate, if you don't like it, then you know, hit the door, right? The so all, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Have, cause, have so to, really. leads it gives you that abundance you know, versus the scarcity approach.
0: Absolutely, then you have overflow. So if you do have someone that comes along, is like I need an eighty thousand dollar house. You're like, look, I don't deal with that, but you know, Susie down the street does. Well, let me refer you over there. I don't. Again, I don't know the industry and the compliance yep. and all no, that stuff. no, that's
1: exactly it. That's exactly how it works. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you pass them on to Susie and make a cut or something, or you know, Susie takes you to dinner. I don't know, but the abundance of of lead flow becomes critical for taking you know, any business and, and increasing their revenue. Let, let, let me say this. Can I, can I say this? There, there are only three ways to increase income for a business. Every kind of business I've ever run into, there's really only three main ways to, to make more money. And and one way is to bring in more new clients on the front end. Obviously, that's what most people focus on. So in the, the lending industry, it's, we need more leads, more high-quality leads that are affluent people. So again, we could target – I mean, I could – we could target people that, you know, where there's zip codes of Whole Foods. You know, the, right. the grocery store, Whole, Whole Foods. <laughs>
1: right, right. Have you ever
0: spent less than $100 there um, for like I three well, items? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I know. That's exactly <laughs>
1: So you, right. you
0: target you target the zip code around Whole Foods. Those are all affluent people because Whole Foods goes to affluent areas. You know, so so there's all kinds of things like that. Target people that shop at Nordstrom's. Target people that have an American Express. Target people that lease their cars. Things like that. And And now you're geo-targeting zip code, you're targeting demographics, and you're getting that lead flow from mostly affluent people. So your phones are ringing, you're getting emails and applications from people who, who, who meet your demographics. So the lead flow becomes critical. So bringing on customers on the front end, the, the second way to increase the amount of money you make is to take your existing customers and sell them more stuff. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. is, this is an yeah. area that yeah. exactly... It works almost, I've never really ran into a business where we didn't crack the code and figure out some way to make more money without really adding a lot more work. If you have existing clients that you've had and they're inactive or they've been a client of yours, there's already the know, like, and trust factor. There's already a relationship. They're going to answer the phone and talk to you. They're going to return your your phone call. And so it's really easy to, to just provide them with another service or another upsell and make yourself a lot more money. And sometimes the upsell can make you more profits than the front end, depending on what it is that you're selling. So that's the second way, sell your existing clients more stuff. And then the third way is to raise your prices. So in y'all's your, in your, in your industry, it would and be to counter- increase your rates counterintuitive
1: to what most people think, yeah.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: So go ahead and go into that.
0: So raise, raising your rates, raising your prices, a lot of people, again, they think like commodities. So they think that, well, you know, everyone in the neighborhood is charging blank. So I need to charge around the same amount, or I'm not going to get any customers. I'm going to starve to death. We're going to have to move out of the house. I'm going to lose the golf course. That's how people think, right? And it's never the case. I don't really care about price that much rates. You know what I mean? As an affluent buyer, that's really not the case. Like my, my, my tax firm right now that that I use, they saved me $45,000 on my taxes, right? And I go, I've got good news and bad news the good news is we saved you $45,000. I'm like, sweet. that is awesome. Give me a hug. And then they said, the bad news is that it was a little bit more work than we had initially, initially quoted. So your price, your 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 uh, your invoices for thirty two hundred dollars, and right. I'm like, are right. you are you kidding me? Like you just yeah. saved me forty five grand. Well, what you know what, what is three thousand 000... dollars?
1: Yeah, some people don't get it. You know, I'm gonna give you forty five, but it's gonna cost you thirty two. Now, oh, if it's gonna cost me thirty two, I just can't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm like, oh, what do you, you take? Check, credit card? I mean, like. I don't care. You saved me forty-five thousand dollars on my tax. So, so the, so that's how a lot of people think, and that's the whole self-belief thing when it comes to prices. They think like commodities. But if you could crack that code and not be a commodity, then what happens is you, rates don't matter. So, like if I'm looking around for a mortgage lender, and I'm like, well, you know, Jen focuses on on high. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what is it called? Super jumbo loans and high net worth individuals. And I'm going to Jen, you know what i mean like i i, I I'm going there and and uh, and if Jen's like here's my rate i don't, I don't care, I'm sold because I want that type of help from someone who knows me, understands me, you know, and if there's other opportunities that you could tap tap into that you could cake on top of just the mortgage loan, like well, we also help with financials and credit you know to increase your credit and you know, whatever you know you I want to appeal like my tax firm. I, they basically took me aside and said, Look, this is how it's really done. Okay. <laughs> Let me show you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm 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 with you guys for life now. You know, no one's ever talked to me like that before because I was getting right. just crackerjack accounts. So you got to appeal to those people. And then they don't care about rates. Then they mention it like, Oh, you guys are more than, you know, Ricky Bobby down the street. And, and then and you're like, Yeah, well, you know, I'm the real yeah. deal. This is what I bring to the table. Then they're like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, that, right, they don't and care. I think,
1: and I think that's really important. And I, and again, being able to say that I'm the real deal is that inner belief that you know you're better than the guy down the street. Well, you can go down the guy down the street and he can give you a better rate, but he doesn't know how how this loan works like I do. He doesn't know how this program works. He doesn't know how people um, of your stature work. I do, you know, and well, there, the
0: employment. There's a whole lot we could talk about what you just said. I mean, like, you you really want to be that part. And, and, and this is how I explain it is this is a cart before the horse type of situation.
1: It is. So, in other exactly. words, yeah.
0: you got to be that person and quote those fees and act that way. And then you'll get that. You know what I mean? So, if yeah. someone says, well, you know, Ricky Bobby down the street is a percentage lower then hey, you know. Go, go for it. Knock yourself yeah, you've out. Yeah, you got to
1: kind of let it go in the beginning See ya. To, you know, to have the gain in the end. And I, um, you know, and that's hard for people to do. It really is. And especially when you're coming from a place of scarcity right now. So, you know, if you're listening on this podcast and you're saying, okay, that all sounds really good once you've already made it. Um, it's you know, cart the before the horse. Yeah, the, yeah. chal- the challenge is... Um, saying no to a couple of people so that you can have that big, big gain on the backside. So, so let me ask you this. So, um, what, what is your opinion, I guess would be, and I'm, and this is very front loaded here. What is your opinion on the thought about, because really what you're saying here is niching, you know, getting a niche in the market. Um, and you know, with the, and especially in lending, what happens is that a lot of new loan officers, and maybe to a certain extent people who have been in business for a really long time, you know're told that they needed to establish a niche. you need to either be the jumbo person or the f h a person or the v a person um the first time home buyer person, the reverse mortgage person, you know, and to set up some type of a niche I think um so it's twofold on um you know being a jack of all trades, you know knowing each one of these types of uh, programs or products that I just mentioned versus being you know the master of none, or is it possible to be the master of all trades as long as your your focus and your ta- your marketing is strategically targeted to those areas so for example, you had mentioned. Um, you know, choosing zip codes, American Express, who works, you know, shops at Nordstrom, et cetera, to go after the affluent. But could you do the opposite? Could you be the guy, the girl who does VA and the girl who does bad credit or first time home buyers? Can you be an expert in a variety of these things through targeted strategic marketing?
0: That, that is a great, great question. I'm glad you brought that up because we've been harping on affluent people. I'm I'm so glad you brought it up. So here's here's really what people need to really own, is don't be a commodity. So even if you're going after, you know, eighty thousand dollar houses or VAs or whatever, and you want to be niched in that particular demographic, so you want to pick your ideal client and go after it and really really understand and know your ideal customer, know them inside and out, in the back of their hand, know them better than they know themselves. But don't be a commodity. So if we're going to go after $80,000 houses, those type of people, then what else can you do to provide them? How else can you help them put that in a package together? And then now you broke the code as far as being a commodity. They're going to, if they shop 10 other mortgage lenders, loan officers, and they're all cookie cutter, they're all like, you know, it's like talking to the same person just 10 different times. Then they come to you and you're like, well, here's what our package is. We do this for you. We do the credit for you. We do that for you. you know, help, we help you boost this. Whatever. I don't know your industry, but you have to sit down and think about it. But you got like five, five things that you do that's different than everyone else. I mean, you're no longer a commodity. You're completely different than those other 10 people that they talk to. And now you stand out. You, you stand out big time. And the more you specialize in them, the more you get to know them, then just naturally you're going to speak the same language as them. They're going to feel that you completely get them and understand them. They're doing business with you. And then again, rates don't matter.
1: Right, right, absolutely. And I think, uh, too, you know, one thing you know, to help you, but if, you know, for those that are listening, as you know, we're establishing teams, And we've talked about this before, is that you don't want to hire someone who's exactly like you all the time, right? Because in in my case, a bunch of hyper A personalities are all running around and nothing gets done. (laughs) And right. Um, But I think to a certain extent, you also want to, you know, identify certain demographics and certain types of clients that could fit the needs of all of this. So that even if you aren't personally um, a jack of all trades, you know, or a master of all trades, um and you're meeting with an eighty thousand client and then you're going and meeting with a three million dollar client at the same time. if you don't want to you know put yourself in that type of situation, then make sure that you're growing your team so that it fulfills all the needs you know of the markets that you want to target. And make sure that you know you're differentiating yourself in those markets as well. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I do agree. one of the thing is of um, going back to the affluent clients, you know, we're we're actually looking at possibly getting a, a ranch with with a little house on it. So we're actually looking at different you know ranches around. So so not only could you get a loan for their primary residence, but you might get a loan for a secondary residence, like a lake house or a ranch. Right. Or in Texas, we have these things called ranches. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that just popped in my head. But no, I totally agree. I totally agree with what you said. Right. If you have a team, then you could brand yourself as the you know super jumbo loan dog that goes out there and gets all those clients. And then you can have a team member and you actually brand that person for, you know, the VA loans.
1: Right. Right. So let's go ahead and jump into, um, into really my final big question for you. We had briefly talked before we started recording the podcast about um, online marketing for, Online, market, online marketing generally, right? But I want mm-hmm. to, since you've mentioned VA, I want to talk about that specifically um, once you tell us a little bit more about your online marketing methods because most of what you've talked about and, and most of what you do at this point is online marketing. And as lenders, we're a little little dinosaurish here when it comes to mm-hmm. this because we are um, trying to do it, but we're competing against the big, bad... Uh, Rocket Mortgage and, you know, and Quicken, who does, you know, a lot of online has really thrown a lot of money and effort and time into it. And most of us are just, you know, smaller shops, a few larger lenders that uh, we're never going to be able to turn anything like a Bank of America, Wells Fargo, anything that a loan officer is listening to this podcast would never be able to change their big, bad company. So what can we do as individuals um, in our online marketing methods, and how, um, how much of an expert are you in the compliance piece that relates to mortgage lending as well?
0: Well, let's get the compliance piece out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not an attorney or, or a compliant. I do have a partner that is, uh, specializes in loan officers for VAs and stuff, so he, he knows that industry really well but uh, as i explained the the marketing kind of mechanisms and systems that we use maybe that'll also cover the compliance uh, type issue as well so uh, first of all w- with what you were talking about bank of america and quicken and all that here here's the thing if you if you control your own lead flow then you know you own the king the keys to the kingdom because you're able to get your own traffic your own your own leads coming in your own lead flow yourself and then therefore you're not dependent on for example like a real estate agent who you're hoping sends you referrals you have to you know work with them and they could be a pain or you know some bank you're dealing with or however you guys you go Mm -hmm. about doing that if you have if you have your own exclusive leads coming in online then you own the keys to the kingdom and this whole thing that i'm talking about as far as raising your self-belief and charging higher rates and, you know, cross-selling, up-selling, you know, being specialized, all, all becomes, it's all connected. You know, the rising tide lifts all boats. So it's all connected. It's much more feasible and, and able to do that. The reason why internet marketing is because that's where everyone's at. So where do you think everyone's at online? Like, where do they go? You know, there's, there's, there's a few major websites or platforms that you go to a restaurant and you look around and everyone's yeah, on that. Yeah, Yelp. And I
1: mean, yeah, it's, you know, that, Recognition. Absolutely. Facebook, So you go to Ralph right? for that, Facebook, Zillow, Redfin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just well, okay, Redfin. yeah. So, so
0: Zillow, for example, those type of leads, like you're competing against everyone else for the same leads, right? Right. So, so, there's, so there's, a, there's a big difference here. So let me explain this. Everyone and their grandmother is on Facebook. So sure. Facebook is, is a website where people go and they just hang out there, you know, for hours – where in comparison, Google is a place you go for a, a, a second and then you're off of it on to some right. other website, right? Correct. Facebook, people are hanging out there all the time. Not only that, Facebook has, you know, over 50 different points for advertising. So in other words, when I said we could target people that have an American Express card, people that make over 150 grand a year, people that shop at Nordstrom, you know, all that we could do that with Facebook. You can't do that with Google. So, so mm-hmm. Facebook is a gold mine for generating leads. And the other interesting part of it is no one's doing it, it, right. it especially mortgage lenders. It's just, yeah. they're, not, they're not even there. So there's a tremendous opportunity there for, for that aspect. So what I would recommend as far as the system would be, okay, let's take Facebook, let's geo-target your zip codes that you want to focus on in your area, you know, or if you're statewide, let's focus on the state. It depends on each business. Or if you're nationwide, well, then we'll just target, you know, your ideal, uh, clients where they're at, you know? So we wouldn't target like, um, you know, maybe Mississippi, if it's really poor in certain areas there and people aren't gonna be able to afford your Mercedes, you know, whatever it is you're selling. So we, we target the demographics on Facebook. We put an advertisement in front of them that meets compliance, which would be a simple advertisement that targets the, the, the ideal clients that you're looking for. Okay. And then you put that advertisement in front of them, which is more like an article, you know. So, like, I live in, you know, Austin, Texas. So, an article might be, like, you know, uh, looking for a, a million-dollar-plus house in Austin. You know, read this before you buy one. Uh, well, I'm going to read yep. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, I go yeah, read the article. Action. Yeah, right. so I go read the article. Well, the article is going to tag. Like, if, I, if, you, if you're running the advertisement and I, and I go to the article, it's going to tag me. So, in other words, it could create a, what's called remarketing or retargeting, where your ad can now follow me around the Internet. You, yep. You've probably seen that happen. Right? Yes,
1: I'm very familiar. Yeah.
0: So, we could do that, right, just by you reading the article. Now, the article gives some really good advice about the home values in Austin, how over 180 people move to Austin every day. It's the fastest growing city, and on and on and on. Well, it gives me some really good advice about million dollar houses, and then it transitions into uh, kind of an indirect pitch about your business and your loan and how you specialize in million dollar plus houses and how you could do this, 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 and that. Right. And if I'm interested, click this link and then I can, you know, fill out a form and get your welcome kit or whatnot, or more information about how you can help me. I fill it out. Well, that's a, that's a loan, uh, lead that is, targeted because they want they're looking for million dollar houses they just read the article the article just repelled the people that are only looking for 80,000 dollar houses and it was so specific to the people that are looking for million dollar houses meanwhile behind the scenes i hope i'm not blowing anyone's mind away no, with all this, but behind the scenes facebook is tremendously doing an incredible job compiling data so they're creating a, we're creating a data pixel that it, and, and Facebook is going to start only showing your ad to those people who are really engaging with the article. So birds of a feather. So if I'm engaging on your article, Facebook's going to go look for more people who are like me.
1: Right. So
0: that it becomes more and more and more targeted the, the longer we advertise, the more we tweak it, the more we focus on it, the, the better and better targeted it is, becomes. So what happens is you get higher, higher, higher quality leads with less and less and less and less price. So, right. so the next thing you know, you're, you're spending very little for a really crazy high-quality lead. It's the most amazing, beautiful thing I've ever seen in advertising. And I've been in advertising for over 20 years. So this, this is tremendous. And, and so you can really zero in on the exact ideal customer you want and get it for the lowest prices you can find. Like I have attorney clients that spend like $50 a click a click, yeah. on Google. And we could get them leads for less than $50 right. on Facebook. Right. So, not clicks, leads, like full blown application forms they filled out. So, so it's you know, really beautiful. In
1: that yeah, that, well, and I was going to say that it's really interesting because, you know, I think in our industry, uh, Facebook, we think it's just very saturated and it's silly and we've got to be really careful. We're more, ten, or we're a tendency, at least mine, and I, I would say for a good share of people, is to go to LinkedIn because it's more professional. You know, whereas Mm -hmm. we're thinking that Facebook is not really um, the place to be. And I've actually advertised on Facebook, too. And I, I, you know, I love I love seeing the response, you know, and being able to select different areas and stuff. So I think you're you're going in the right direction, you know, and and identifying how to specifically target, strategically target rather than just throwing something out there that says, hey, I'm doing loans. If you have anybody who wants to buy or sell, um, think about me for doing a loan. You know, it's just too vague and it's, it's, um, it, it,
0: yeah, this, that it doesn't, doesn't work
1: on a social yeah, doesn't media work platform. At all and that's why it hasn't worked in our industry. And that, and, and so this brings me to, you know, a really key point. I was just in at um, uh, New Orleans a few weeks ago for a national com- a conference that I was at. And, um, you know, one of the things that was brought to our attention was, you know, is do we really need loan officers and, uh, you know, all about technology, but do we really need loan officers and real estate agents? And the answer is yes, but the aggregation of how clients are gonna to come to us now, right now. This isn't in the future, but it will be more prominent in the future and mostly because of the big wave that we're about ready to receive with millennials being the, the largest uh, demographic above and beyond uh, baby boomers, is that they go to websites first to look and then still want to have that, um, that relationship with a local person who's an expert. They still want that. They're not going to buy online. They're going to look online, at least when it comes to mortgages and, and to real estate. And so this is really, really key. So if you're listening to, to this, it's really, really key that we begin generating our own leads and not relying on the realtor to gimme, gimme, gimme or any other partner to gimme, gimme, gimme. There's no rule that says that we're not allowed to go and uh, cultivate our own referrals and then reverse that strategy and give the referrals to the real estate agents we're working with, rather than us being the cat on the marble floor and begging for business to come from the realtor and twisting, you know, fiddling our thumbs until that day comes. So this is super, super, super critical because this is a fantastic um, way for us to be able to generate leads for a cell and a lot of them a lot, right? What do you think? What do you think the percentages of leads versus since you've been in advertising and you know, the old days and snail mail and whatnot and I believe, you know, statistically a long time ago it was, you know, if you sent out X amount of um, postcards or, or something like that to a house and you got a 1% return, that was really good. What do you, what do you think statistically is happening on Facebook with this targeted marketing?
0: Compared to to direct mail and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, d- direct mail is is an absolute dying industry yep. for sure. I mean, let me just tell you, like, um, we have a mail service, and I I told the owners of that place, like, only only call me if there's certified mail. All right. Right. <laughs> like, if it's a FedEx or certified mail, then give me a call. But all the junk mail and all that, just put in a box. I'll pick it up once a week or so. Like, it's not like it used to be where we check the mail every day. Like, we had a, uh, uh, like, the trash that we put out in the front, you know, the recycle bin and the trash bin. Well, they, they didn't pick up our, our trash. And I was like, right. what, what the heck? Like, you know, maybe the, auto, the credit card expired or because it was on auto draft, right? So I called them, you know, like, hey, you know, I guess you guys have the wrong credit card or something happened. And they said, uh, oh, no, no, our truck broke down. We'll be out there tomorrow. You see, like, we don't, we don't check our mail because, like, what, why? I mean, everything's on an auto draft pretty much. You know what I mean? So it, we, people don't check their mail as much as they used to. And here's the other thing is America sorts through their mail while standing over a trash can. Right. <laughs> right. It, it's really difficult. Now, well, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier. Now, LinkedIn, I might, I might go to LinkedIn to, you know, do some business and stuff, but I'm not going to hang out on LinkedIn every day facebook people are hanging out on facebook they're addicted right. to it they got to check it at the stoplight you know what i mean like it, it's it's just pretty crazy so so there's, there's a huge difference like i might go to face uh linkedin if i'm trying to find other uh mortgage lenders to target like if i myself am going to try to help them get leads or something but if i'm looking for people who are consumers. They're looking for a mortgage loan, but well, all those consumers are not hanging out on LinkedIn. They're hanging out on Facebook, right. and Twitter, and stuff. So, so it's a lot easier right. to target them. LinkedIn still works. It's extremely expensive compared to what you can get with Facebook if, if if you if you get your Facebook ad style in. But all in all, the the you're right with the millennials, and I think that as, when you look at online advertising and lead generation compared to offline, it is it is is night and day it's, it's 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 not even close like right now i would say like the the best way to advertise to anyone is through facebook the second might be twitter and that's way down the list like it's 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 a
1: distant distant second yeah, cause if I that. Think a lot of people yeah a lot of people still don't understand how it works yeah so so um when you're when you're talking uh, talking about you know, doing the advertising because we're almost to the top of the hour now. Time flies when you're talking advertising, Um, (laughs) you know, um, money. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. So um, how much would you suggest that a loan officer consider to start spending as a percentage of income? You know, there's there's a lot of um, thought around, you know, dedicating certain percentage of your gross or your net income to advertising. What percentage would you recommend if someone was going to start in this to be able to get enough of enough traction, but at the same time, not overload themselves and say, oh, that was a waste of money. Where, where do you think that happy medium is in a percentage?
0: Well, I, I think it's another one of those things where, you know, they have to really commit to doing it and, and go all in to make it work because, you know, a few things. One is there's most Most people are not going to be able to crack Facebook ads themselves, you know unless they really study it for a good period of time because it's so deep. If you just scratch the basics of Facebook advertising, you can lose money and it's just really not worth it so finding somebody who can really do it for you that's a professional is is really key, so you have to usually pay them to do it and then have some money for for ad spend right and so like right. if you're paying someone, you know, let's say $2,000 a month to do it all for you. And then you probably need at least another $1,000 a month just for the leads, which could right. be plenty, plenty of leads. It could double the amount of leads someone currently has easily, right? So, so you're looking at, let's, what did I say, $2,000 and then $1,000 for ad spend. So you're looking at $3,000 to really get it going right. But there's one more equation that what I found with a lot of clients of mine that's missing and that's the technical side of it. So they don't know how to set up the pages and, you know, set up the website or tweak things. So that, so the leads are, are coming in are, um, you know, kind of going through a funnel. So like we'll, right. we'll actually do that for people. So we'll, so handling the technical side of it is just a headache that most, you know, attorneys and financial advisors and, you know, people that we've targeted, including mortgage lenders, my partner targets. Um, you know, we, we do all that and set it all up for them, but that, that's another part of the equation. So if 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 you're finding someone else to do that, you'd probably want to factor in another you know five hundred dollars a month or so for someone to handle all of that. So you're looking at about three thousand you know three thousand five hundred dollars to really do it right and really flood yourself with a lot of leads. And in most of the situations is you'll be able to tell pretty quickly within a week or two. You're starting to get a lot of leads, if not a couple of days, you're, you're getting a lot of leads. So you could okay this works or it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, well then you know, you chalk it up as a big loss and, and move on, but it could be completely life-changing if you get the right people handling it for you and go all in like that. Now, as far as a percentage of income, I don't know what that would be for a mortgage lender. If they average, you know, $10,000, $20,000 oh, $20, a the month. 3, 000, and, yeah, the $3,000. Yeah, yeah
1: that's, a, that's a loan. That's one loan. That's the cost of one loan. So, so
0: like, if I was going to sell somebody, I would say, okay, all I got to do is get you one loan a month to break even.
1: Yeah. That's if I it. can't do
0: that, then we need to have a coming to Jesus talk and like something needs to happen because either I'm doing something really, really bad or you're doing something really, really bad. Like right, I'm getting you all these down, leads and you're not answering the phone.
1: That's right. Because it boils down to two yeah. things either you're targeting the wrong people, you're talking to the wrong people, or you're saying the wrong thing. You know, exactly. So if, if you're exactly. targeting the right people, um, you know, utilizing your services, and then, uh, but then not being able to convert them, then it may step back to the self belief it may step back to, you Absolutely. know, just your soft skills, you know, and being able to sell. So, you know, I agree. So I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's worth, you know, it's worth every penny to be able to be in charge of it versus waiting for some realtor to get off their little tushy, you know, in the middle of winter because they think <laughs> it's a slow season. So, um, so listen, well, thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it's uh, You're welcome. very powerful and very informative Um, And just another twist on, you know, doing some Facebook advertising that that can take us to, you know, different levels of what our business is. So before we leave, you know, um, I want to ask you um, just very quickly, you know, one, what you would like to leave us with, because I know you're about ready to launch a new uh, rebrand your website. And then the second thing is, um, what book have you read recently um, that you could recommend to us and how did it change, you know, your thoughts or your life or but only professional books, only business books, or self-study books.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, so the one book that – um, what's the guy's name? Well, the name of the book is Relentless. It's yeah. on Amazon. And in that book – I got it because it was re- referred to me from a, from a colleague of mine who – said that he got the audio book for that and the whole time he was going through it he just said man this is Eric me right the whole time so I was like oh I gotta go get that book then you know so I went and got it and went through it and um you know I I was pretty flattered that he actually was thinking about me for that but it's about how to be relentless and and the the guy the author Grover his name is Grover. last name he's a trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, all all these like oh, famous ab- yeah. world class athletes, these are trainers. Like he trained Michael Jordan, right? And so he would like have them cut sugar, and and he just he's like, you know, you got to be relentless. You got to go out there and and take it. You know, it, it, it's not given to you. You go take it. So like with money, you're not, you're not given money. You you're taking money, which is controversial the way I'm explaining it, but. You know, like for me, if I go generate 100 grand this month, did they did people give me like charity 100 grand? No, I took the 100 right. grand because right. I've been working on business since I was a teenager. It. Yeah, and I've been working on myself since I was a teenager. So anyway, the relentless is like you just go, 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 go get it, make it happen, change your life. Life is short. Go for it. Just go get it, right? And so it's, it's really, really amazing book for. Being aggressive or turning up your aggressiveness to, to go for what you want. Don't worry about outshining others. You know, don't worry about your peers as much. So this is more from me than the book, but I see a lot of clients that, that they're worried about their peers and what their peers think. I'm like, your peers don't buy you, buy from you. They don't buy your stuff, right?
1: right. Don't worry about right. your, your peers. Focus too. on your customers. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Our peers, we're so worried about what they think. They're, they're not buying our stuff. But anyway, that's a really yeah, good book. That's, so cool. that's
1: cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing. So what what would you like to leave us with based on our conversation today?
0: Um, I think that, you know, what we talked about a lot of different things. I think Facebook is is a great place to go start getting traffic and leads. And in the, the great thing about it is really no one else is doing it properly or out there. So the competition is like zip.
1: And that's exciting <laughs> so, because if we can yeah. jump in and take advantage of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: So. Um, what I would leave is just the with a mindset thing, which would be, you know, I this is my motto that I try to live by that, that has helped change my life from, like I said at the beginning, like I grew up from, on the wrong side of the tracks, you know, and to, to get to where I am now, I, I, I'm i not bragging, I'm, I'm inspiring, but through all that process, what what my motto has been is, if you want more, you've got to become more, which is from Jim Rohn, but uh-huh, if you want more, you. I do too. If you want more, you've got to become more. Why well, I've lived that. So for you guys listening to this, your, your business, if you want more, then you yourself have to become more. You've got to raise your own game. you've got to raise your own level to, to the next level, and you can do that. So raising your self-belief, raising your self-worth, realizing you're worth more percentage points, you're worth more money than you currently are. You've got to drink your own Kool-Aid and believe that yourself. Then <laughs> awesome. you're going to get it, you're going to get the money. So, so that's what I'll leave everybody with.
1: That's great. That's great. You have, yeah, you have to be your own Kool-Aid drinker. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Dane Cook. Little Dane Cook verbiage there. Um, so, well, thank you so much, Eric. We sure appreciate you coming on and sharing um, all this information. And um, so your new website uh, is? Um, Webvan. Webvance, like advance, except not A-D-vance. It's W-E-B-V-A-N-C-E dot com. So um, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to explore opportunities to work with Eric, um, please go visit uh, webvance.com and you can get all the information that you need there. Is that correct?
0: That's correct, Jen. Thanks, okay. thanks a lot. I appreciate of the course. plug. Of
1: course. Of course. Well, listen, you take care, and thank you again for embarking all of your um, expertise in this particular arena. It means so much to us.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Had a had a blast with you on, on the podcast. Yes. It was oh, awesome. great. great. Me, too.
1: Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at KineticSparkConsulting.com.